Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you long to give yourself more to Jesus at every Mass? You know, I think even the best of us, we show up at the liturgy sometimes and our mind wanders, we get distracted, maybe our heart's not really in it, and we leave Mass and we're wondering, was I even really there? <laughs> did, did, was I really spiritually present to the Lord? And deep down, I want to give Jesus all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind, and yet I show up at Mass and many times I... I, I I just kind of went through the motions. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? And I think this happens at at various parts of the Mass. Uh, I think especially the middle part. Does this ever ever happen to you? You know, that that part where there's the presentation of the gifts. You know, there's this this family maybe representing the the parish. They're chosen to go bring up the bread, the wine, and and a basket of money. And I'm not really involved in that. So I, I can kind of tune out at that moment. You know, I can kind of treat that like like halftime. Okay, this is like halftime. It's a break in the action. I can kind of just relax a little bit. But if we really understood what was happening, what the symbolism is of that bread and that wine, uh, processing up the center aisle, going up to the altar, into the hands of the priest, if we really understood what was going on at this part of the Mass, at all parts of the Mass, I think we would be able to give ourselves more to God at every liturgy. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this part, especially this middle point of the Mass, which is so important for preparing us for the most amazing event in the whole universe, and that is the great work of Christ's sacrifice on the cross being made present to us so that it can change us, be applied ever more deeply in our souls, and most of all, so that we can unite ourselves with this love of God that comes to us at every Mass. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and I want to give a shout out to uh, a number of these small groups that I've been visiting over the last week or two here. I'm going to mention the Immaculate Heart of Mary Women's Group in North Denver, the Curcio Group in Los Angeles, St. Patrick's Women's Group in Bloomington, Illinois, and the Jacksonville Rosary Group. Uh, I've met with them over the last week here. It's been a blessing to be with them. And overseas, I want to mention the thousands of people that uh, were gathered for the Empowered Philippines program. So they're in the Philippines. Thank you for being a part of that. And I want to ask all of you listeners, if you could pray for a particular group I just met with this last this last week. Uh, it was a group of bishops and clergy, priests, deacons, seminarians, and lay leaders in India. So it was based in Mumbai, but many different parts of India were participating. If you could please pray for all of them. We did a, a walk with Mary through scripture. And about a month ago, we did a, a walk through the mass in scripture. So they're, they're eager to know their Catholic faith through scripture and to share with others. And it was such a blessing uh, to be a part of that. If you could pray for the, the bishops and the clergy and the seminarians, especially uh, in, their, in their formation. You know, it's fall. And here in Denver, we've already had our our first snow. It was crazy uh, two weeks ago, right after Labor Day. Uh, but as we as we move into this fall season, you know, this is the time when normally a lot of faith formation happens in the parish, right? Maybe you've been involved in some faith formation things, like maybe you have a men's group or a women's group, or you have a Bible study or some other catechetical thing going on. And in light of COVID, maybe it's a little bit harder this year. Maybe your group isn't meeting, or maybe you're not meeting in person, you're just meeting online. You know, I, I, w- I just want to tell you uh, and encourage you that I want to encourage you to, it's so important to continue to get together in your faith. And whether you're creatively meeting you know, outdoors in your backyard, you know, or 
you know, in your in in a parking lot at the parish outdoors if you can, uh, or maybe even in a large space. You're socially distant. If you're feeling safe, but how important it is to have that fellowship. I want to really encourage you to do that. And I'm grateful that our friends at Ascension Press have have just released an awesome online platform that has so many Bible studies available that you could use. I'm going to share with you. You know, the one I'm going to be talking about today is on the Mass, but. Uh, what's awesome about this is it's so easy. You just go right on to ascensionpress.com and you can pick a Bible study like Biblical Walk to the Mass or my my Walk with Mary in the Holy Land or Through Christ's Passion or the Gospel of John. These are studies I've done. You know, Jeff Cavins has done a number of studies. You can learn him from him as well, Bible study. So anyway, so many great resources that are available there. But the online platform is so easy. It's just like you go online and you pay like $20 or less and you get the whole Bible study, you get leaders guides, you get resources you can use, and then you can watch the videos. You can give them to your, to the people in your group. Uh, I, I know if I were doing this, I would probably just stream the videos right on my zoom. If I have a little zoom group, I can just stream the video on zoom. We can watch the videos in real time together. Uh, and then we can talk about them afterwards. But in any case, it's such an, a great platform for these times when it's maybe a little more challenging to meet at the parish in the parish hall or in someone's living room. Maybe you're not able to do that, but online you could do these videos together. So check it out, ascensionpress.com. I'll say more about that at the very end. But I want to bring you back into the mass. I want to bring you back to that midpoint in the mass. You know, this is often when I have to take my kids to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, or something. And, and so I just kind of, I can, I can be tempted to become detached, become, you know, let my my attention go down and say, oh, this is just, you know, I'm not as involved in this, right? There's there's some other person bringing the gifts up uh, and, and the priest is up there and he's kind of doing his own thing for a little bit, right? You see him with the altar servers and he's pouring some water, pouring some wine, he's washing his hands and I, I don't really need to pay attention. That, that would, that's a temptation to think that, that I'm not really involved in all of this. I want you to understand the biblical background to these rituals because everything here, the symbolism of bread and wine and mixing water and wine and, and washing hands, all of this is from sacred scripture. These aren't just little, little rituals that the Catholic Church invented. They go all the way back thousands of years ago to the time of Moses and Aaron, the high priest. And, and if we knew the biblical background, we would realize what the liturgy is trying to tell us and how we can encounter God more profoundly. So will you walk with me here? I'm going to just talk about a couple of these elements step-by-step and how we can then enter into them more profoundly. So let's talk about bread and wine first. So, you know, we, we think about the symbolism of bread. We can think of that bread is just like a side dish. You know, you, you have your pasta and maybe you have a little piece of bread on the side, a little garlic bread maybe. But no, that's not how it was in biblical times. You know, bread was the most basic type of food. It was the most basic type of food. It was needed to support life. In fact, um, the, the, the Old Testament describes bread as, quote, the staff of bread. So you think about a staff, you know, that you may have when you're, when you're walking, you're going for a hike, you have a staff, and you're leaning on it. It's there to support you. Well, bread is just like basic sustenance. It's there to support you. And, and bread was commonly offered up as a sacrifice. You read about that in Exodus 29, verse 2, for example. But if bread is like basic, you just need it. It's this basic sustenance for your life to part with bread to sacrifice bread, to give up your bread and offer it as a gift to God, that really is a sacrifice. <laughs> it's not just like, uh, you know, I got my pasta. I don't really need the garlic bread. You know, like I got the essential. You know, bread was, was, was considered, you know, an essential. It's something you leaned on in life and now you don't have it 
to lean on. You're really parting with something. You're making a sacrifice. Why are we doing this? Because we're remembering Jesus' sacrifice at this part of the Mass, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Jesus didn't just part with bread. He parted with his friends that day as they abandoned him. He parted with the the Jewish people that he came to save. Many of them were shouting out, crucify him. And uh, he's parting with comfort as he's uh, as he's scourged uh, he's parting with you know his his reputation and being honored as he's being completely mocked and humiliated that day Jesus is parting with his garments uh, he's parting with he's he's hungry we know he's thirsty that day he says I thirst I mean he's parting with everything ultimately he's parting with his very life he gives up his life and so the idea of the bread being offered to God is a tiny little sacrifice symbolizing we're parting with something essential in the biblical world. Uh, and it reminds us of how we're called to part with things, not just at mass, but throughout our lives, that we're called to make little sacrifices in imitation of Jesus. You know, whether it's making a sacrifice at the table so that somebody else can have more food than I, maybe it's making a sacrifice at the office, you know, where, uh, there's, there's, there's someone getting more praise and attention and maybe I'm not getting that praise and attention. I'm going to offer that as a sacrifice, or maybe I'm going to forgive someone. There's someone that kind of inconvenienced me and I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to let them know, uh, that it, that it bothered me. These are little sacrifices we can do parting with little pieces of bread. Uh, and that's part of what this symbolizes here. You see, in the early church, this whole idea of offering things, you know, they didn't just offer bread and wine. You know what else they did? They offered, uh, the people would bring honey, they'd bring wool, they'd bring fruit, they'd bring wax, they'd bring flowers. In other words, th- this is the, the work of human hands. They would take part of their work, whatever, you know, if you made wax, you would give some of your wax as a sacrifice to God. Uh, you make, you you'd put flowers together, you would make flowers, you'd offer flowers up, uh, you'd bring food in, you know, so there were all these things that, that sometimes in the early church people would bring and it was a sign of, I'm going to part with something that I, I value. And it represents many, many hours of my life. I, I, I spent hours and hours of my life in this work, in this trade to support my family. And I'm going to give a little bit of it to God. All of this symbolizes a gift of my very self because I put myself in those flowers or put myself in that wax or I put myself in that honey I made or in that wool that I made. There's a part of me in there. And so the early church had this sense of, we're going we're gonna to give a little bit of ourselves. Now today, it's just bread retaining the biblical symbolism as we described, the, 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 the sustenance of bread. Uh, it's wine, which also, you know, was, was considered a sacrifice. Uh, and, and, and then we give, we give our money today. So we don't, we don't show up, you know, with, you know, here's something I made at the office. Here's my report. I'm going to give part page 10 of my report to God, <laughs> you know, no, but, but we do put money in the basket. And, and, and that money is meant to not just be, oh, I'm, I'm making a donation to help support the church. That's not what that's about. I mean, yes, it does help support the church and we need to support the ministries and all that, but, but it's not really about that. It's more about the, the, that money is, is a part of me. You know, in other words, I, I worked hard. I poured my life out into my work. So I, I got this money and I'm going to give some of this back. It's symbolizing a gift of myself. And, and that's what this whole ritual is about. When we see that uh, those representatives of our parish 
with the gifts of bread and wine and the basket of money, and they process from the back of the church, and they're moving up to the front of the church. There's this movement. They're moving up, and they're moving closer to the altar. The altar is where God is. It's where God is about to come down upon our altars under the appearance of bread and wine, as the bread and wine are changed into the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So we're going up to the altar. We're putting these gifts into the hands of the priest, and the priest is going to offer the sacrifice to God. So this movement, think of that from the back of the church to the altar, we're moving far away from God, all the way close to God now, from the back to the front, as we go to the altar toward the holy presence of God. And it symbolizes this offering of myself. So when I see those people walking down the the aisle, don't think of it as, oh, it's just someone else gets to do that today. That's nice. They were chosen. No, think of it as they're representing me. Is they're going up, they're, they're moving toward God. They're moving upward, if you will, you know, toward where he is. There's this offering of my, of, of my very self that they're representing. And don't just see bread, wine, and a basket of some dollar bills. No, no, see the work of our hands. See our lives. See my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, my entire life. I want to unite my entire life with Jesus as a gift. That's what this whole ritual is symbolizing. So far from a moment is of being like halftime, I could just relax and tune out. This is actually a, a time to be a little more active. You know, when we're listening to the readings and we're listening to the, to the homily, we're a little more passive. I mean, we should be attentive. You know, the liturgy of the word, we need to be attentive, but it's more about receiving. In the liturgy of the Eucharist, there is a more of an active giving. And, and it begins right here. I'm uniting my heart in the procession of this gift. I should be processing in my heart, making a little mini pilgrimage, a spiritual pilgrimage in my heart to the altar of God. And when I see the, the representatives of the parish giving the gifts to the priest, putting the gifts in the hands of the priest, maybe I could just say a short prayer, Jesus I give my life to you. Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I put my heart in your hands as the gifts of bread and wine and the money is put into the hands of the priest. We could say, Jesus, I put my heart in your hands. It's a beautiful thing to do as we prepare to enter in to the supreme moment of the liturgy of the Eucharist. Now, What's going on up at the altar? A couple of other little things I'll just mention briefly here. You know, so you have the priest, he takes the water and the wine, and he mixes the water and wine. What, what is that all about? The mixing of the water and wine. He, you know, there's a great symbolism here. He, the priest prays these words as he's doing this ritual. He says, By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. What is this ritual about? Why do we have to mix water and wine? What's that all about? You know, well... Wine symbolizes Christ's divinity, and the water symbolizes our humanity. And the idea of mixing water and wine, you can think of it, first of all, as a, as a symbol of the incarnation. So Christ, you know, the, the eternal Son of God, takes on humanity, the hu human flesh, so wine and water. But you can also think about Christ's divinity continuing to want to, to, to work in our souls, to transform our human nature, to participate in his divine life. So the symbolism of the mixing of the water and the wine is also telling us about the great work God wants to do in our souls, especially at Mass. When we receive him in Holy Communion, his divine life, we take on the bread of life the supernatural bread, the very life of Jesus enters into our soul so that we can be gradually changed to become more like him. 
And then he prays these prayers over the bread and wine. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. And we say, blessed be God forever. Well, you know, these prayers uh, that, 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 that are happening here, these aren't just like little background things. These are beautiful prayers. They, 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 they're, they're Jewish blessing prayers used at meals. Uh, very likely you could picture Mary, Joseph, and Jesus would have been very familiar with this language here. Uh, the, these prayers going all the way back to the time of the Holy Family. Now the priest will, will wash his hands. Why is he doing that? Is, is this for hygiene? You know, he washed his hands long before COVID. He washed his hands long before there was hand sanitizer and all these things. The wash, the ritual washing of hands is ancient biblical practice. And if we understood the biblical meaning of washing of hands, we would go, whoa, wow, it's happening. Something big is about to happen because you know who washed their hands? It was the priests would wash their hands. And when would they do it? Before they would enter the, the, the innermost sanctuary, before they would enter the tabernacle, before they would enter the Holy of Holies. We read about this, for example, in Exodus 30, verses 17 through 21. The priests, before they would enter the tabernacle, which was the, the tent of meeting, that sanctuary that was built at Mount Sinai, where God's holy presence dwelt, he would wash his hands, and it would symbolize kind of like a, a washing of his own heart. So the physical gesture of washing one's hands symbolized a desire to have their heart cleansed, cleansed of all sin, cleansed of all impurity so that they can enter before the holy presence of God. And so when we're at mass and we see the priest wash his hands, we should be in awe. We, we, we should realize biblically that's signaling to us that he is about to enter the holy of holies. He's about to make this church this, this very church that we're in, this parish we're in, this chapel we're in, he's about to make it like the Holy of Holies because the God of the universe is going to come and dwell here. See, just as the God of, of Israel made his presence known through the form of a cloud, he, he was visibly made manifest in the form of a cloud. It was called the glory cloud, the Shekinah glory cloud. And, and, and that, that glory cloud filled the tabernacle and hovered before the Ark of the Covenant. Before the priest could go in there, he had to wash his hands to symbolize the washing of his heart, the washing of his soul, that he may be cleansed of all sin. That's what it was symbolizing. And so when we see our priest, our pastor, our, 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 the associate pastors there, whoever is celebrating mass, when we see the priest washing his hands, it's signaling that this place is about to become a holy of holies. It's about to become a tabernacle. God himself, not in the form of cloud, but his very body, blood, soul, and divinity, the real presence of God. This is even greater than what the Israelites had at Mount Sinai. The very presence of God is about to come among us on our altar under the appearance of bread and wine in the Eucharist. And then we come to the last part I want to reflect with you on. And that is the little prayer. So now as we are in awe, if we're really paying attention from a biblical standpoint, our heart should just be about getting ready. I got to get ready. The priest just signaled he's washing his hands. That means he's about to enter into the Holy of Holies. This place is going to be entered the Holy of Holies. And, and it's not just the priest. We're invited with him. God is going to come right here. And, and, he, and I'm going to become a Holy of Holies. I'm going to receive him in Holy Communion. I got to get ready. And the priest then says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. What is that prayer all about? 
What is he talking about? Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God. What does he mean by that? I mean, are you are you making a sacrifice at the Mass? Did you show up with some lamb that you want him to sacrifice on the altar? You know, what, what is this all about? My sacrifice and your sacrifice. You know, the my sacrifice, this is the priest. He says, pray that my sacrifice may be acceptable. What's the priest sacrificing? Did he bring a big knife and he's going to bring in a cow and he's going to slay it on the altar? You know, like the priests of the Old Testament. What is he talking about? My sacrifice. Well, it's a reference to the sacrifice that he's going to offer, which is not his own, but it's Christ's sacrifice. The priest is in persona Christi in his, in his ordained role as the ordained priest. He, he is, Christ is going to work through him and make Christ's sacrifice present. His sacrifice on Calvary is about to mystically be made present to us. That's what the mass is all about. This is the greatest form of worship. <laughs> you know, this is why, you know, it's been sad that we can't receive Holy Communion sometimes in, in the last six months, maybe at different areas of the country or because of your health situation, you've not been able to receive the Eucharist. And we make spiritual communions, but we, we also are called to worship God. And, and the greatest worship is the sacrifice of the mass, Christ's sacrifice made present here. And I've talked about this before in different episodes, but that's what the priest is talking about when he says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice, he's referring to his role as the priest, that he may do it faithfully, that he may do it with great reverence, that through the words of consecration he's about to recite and through the power of the Holy Spirit working through him, the bread and wine may be changed in the body and blood of Christ and Christ's sacrifice may be made present to us, offered to the Father, that his sacrifice 2,000 years ago is made present to us so that we can enter into it and unite our lives with it. That's why he speaks of your sacrifice. He says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable. Here he's talking about the importance of us uniting our lives, all of our works, all of our joys, all of our sufferings, all of our fears, all of our efforts, all of our good intentions, our noble desires, everything. We unite everything, our heart, mind, and soul to Jesus in the sacrifice of the mass. And, and that's why we have this beautiful prayer. That's why the priest was washing his hands. That's why he prayed over the bread and wine, those Jewish blessing prayers. That's why he did the mixing of the water and wine. That's why he had the big procession and the presentation of the gifts going up to the altar into the hands of the priest to symbolize everything about us uniting our lives into the hands of Jesus Christ as he offers his own life to the Father. Isn't this beautiful? And this is just one little moment. Like this, this probably lasts about maybe two and a half minutes at Mass. The entire liturgy is just filled with all this rich biblical symbolism. And if we knew what the, the biblical background was to all of the prayers and rituals, we, we'd probably pay attention a little more and we might be able to encounter God in a more profound way and give our hearts to him more. Well, all that I'm drawing from is from a book that I wrote a long time ago called The Biblical Walks of the Mass. It's also based on this five-part video series. So as you are, I pray, going to do some kind of faith formation this fall, uh, maybe this is one resource. Feel free, of course, do anything. You don't have to use my stuff. You can use anybody's resource. But I want to encourage you, you can check out the five-part video series that I did. It's available, really easy to use on that new platform with Ascension Press that I mentioned. You can go to ascensionpress.com and you can read about it there. And in just a click or two, you can have 
all of the study materials and be able to share it with your friends. Uh, So check that out, ascensionpress.com, and we'll put that information in the show notes as well. And as always, you can reach out to me if you have any questions on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can find me on my website, edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless.